Here we are for episode 88 of Stream of Thought. And today, man, do we have just a very casual conversation going on. We start off with talking a little bit about... Uh, I don't remember. I never remember the basic, first thing that we talk basic about. Basic things oh, yeah, that, we should, right, that right. human beings should be able to do. Can you swim? Can you spell? I don't know. Can you tie a knot? Can you tie Can you tie a knot? We didn't actually talk about that. No, that was just mentioned like briefly with the survival skills type thing. And then we transition uh, a little bit into – what do we transition uh, to? High school, but not necessarily high school stories. It was – I don't remember again. I don't – somehow we found our way like high, talking about high school age stuff or also being ki- – kids yeah uh, imag- imagination because imagination. In, in, the, in the in the basic skills it's like have we lost something riding bikes kind of thing yeah but it's it's really interesting because oh and track it was track that's how we started talking about high school stuff talking oh, about yeah. track the joy yeah. the thrills and anxieties yeah, yeah, yeah. of being in the blocks before the gun goes yeah. off and then after that it was we sort of uh wrap up just talking about social totem poles and oh yeah <laughs> popularity but we only talk about that for like a heartbeat like we very uh barely talk about it but yeah it sticks out i don't even remember what was the last thing we were just talking about right right now i don't know we were we were it was enjoyable it was it was if we were to describe we sound like we sound like a bunch of jackasses we we just had a conversation no if this because okay in case you can't, in case they don't know, the intro is recorded after the episode. That's how you know what you're about to listen to. But this episode, to sum it up, it's a stroll through the park. It's a stroll through the park. Yeah, stroll through well the park. Said. Yes. So, episode number eighty-eight, stream of thoughts. <laughs> we hope you enjoy. <laughs> I almost forgot to do that. I know. Yeah, so so tell me what's well, on your list. <laughs> well, we started talking about it on the way over here, and I actually I think, oh yeah, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think it's kind of an interesting thing because for me, there are certain base things that every person should be able to do, and I fall short in that category in a couple of things. Like I can't swim, like. I really? Can, I know. I know. Are you serious? I know, and that's the that's the reaction that I get from everyone. Like, there's this look of of shock and disappointment in people's face, and I mean, I can I can like flail around, and I can kind of swim, but I've never learned how to swim properly, and I can't float. And if you put me in a lake, I'll probably drown within the five minutes, <laughs> as opposed to getting to a shore. It's so easy if you learned how to do it early. I've never been a very coordinated. All person. you do with floating, you just Keep your chin up. That's all you have to do. Everyone tells me that. That's, That's all you do. I just keep sinking. My legs keep sinking. Make sure your lungs have air in them. Yeah. I don't know. Your legs can be Regardless, below. The, um, never mind. The point is, yes. Trust me. I, I have been. I have been coached in uh, advice many, many times over the course of the past twenty years on how to properly do it. So you are. You are probably the umpteenth person. I can't believe you. That's all right. I know, no, I know. But but again, it's one of those basic things Mm -hmm. that everyone should know how to do. Absolutely, I should know how to swim. Uh, And I I'm I look down on myself for not doing that. But don't you think that there are that there are fundamental things that everyone? Uh, Yeah, like people should learn how to know how to spell. Know how to uh, (laughs) spelling is one of those. It is remarkable. I mean, 
just especially with social media, this the and, and the fact that everyone's writing stuff. Yeah, very few people are reading stuff. And if you're reading stuff, you're probably reading stuff on social media that's also misspelled. So that's not helping your. I was listening brain. to the radio a few weeks ago, and they were talking about um, when responding to a text, like the DJs were talking about, like what what is an acceptable uh, text to send if you're validating something as like the word okay, the letters O and K, or just K. <laughs> and they're, like, having this legitimate argument, like, yes. no, like, K, it's just, like, I see it, like, no, it's one letter. Why, that doesn't, you know, that's not just spell, it's four letters long, just spell a word. Well, I don't see why we can't just say, okay, it's pretty, so they're just, like, having this huge, like, um, dialogue. With legitimate on, points. For, on just, uh, yeah, the, on just, like, what's the proper way to, to send. Respond. And then it's, and then it's, like, um, and then they're sending, uh, and then they're saying, well, if someone's telling me something like, why would I say, okay, like I received the message. It's not like they're asking me a question. It doesn't require a response. So they're just like really dissecting yeah. the, um, just like how to respond to something. If it deserves a response and if that response should be the word, okay, the two letters put together, O and K or just K Isn't or then they even like, and then a curveball got thrown. What about KK? And they're like, oh I don't, they're like, I, I don't, do I don't like I KK. Do I do it's too close to KKK. I don't want to make a mistake. <laughs> it always autocorrects to OK anyway. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah. It, and I think that there are no, there are no rules governing social media, like slang usage or anything like that. So it's the wild west. I mean, people just do what they want to, and they can have these philosophical mm-hmm. conversations until there's a standard practice in yeah. place. But I just don't see that happening. And so the result is. You get people type type in almost in, incomprehensible sentences online, and it's uh, it's unfortunate, really. What are some other basic skills that you should have that you don't? Other basic skills? What do you think? So I think swimming and reading are two basic skills that are very important. Yeah. Uh, I I think I don't like think driving is necessary. I don't think knowing how to drive is a basic skill. I wouldn't. Really? No, I don't think so. I know people, I, when I lived in New York, there were people who were like 50, 60 years old who had never driven. Oh, okay. I was thinking, okay, I was thinking in terms of, if you have a driver's license, you better know how to drive. Oh, yeah. You better no, not be no, no, a no, dumbass no. behind like, the wheel. In regards to, if, yeah, if you're going if you to just drive, never, okay, okay, yes, you yeah, know okay, how okay. to drive. Um, but generally speaking, I don't think it's a life skill that you need to know. Yeah. I, things, skills that I don't have that I should. Cooking. That my, no. Basic cooking that skills. That my, uh environment has not required of me is just like basic survival skills yes how to start a fire yes. tying knots yes. the boy scouts uh, you know kind of yeah basic program you never did boy scouts did i did for like two years i never did boy scouts i wish i would have done it like longer i just didn't i don't know yeah why I, I mean i've heard it. it's a really valuable yeah. uh, program for for instilling like yeah survival skills yeah how how do you how do you you know i don't even know what they teach there yeah how to start a fire how to maybe cook food I, def- I mean, I know how to put together a tent. Some people don't even know how to do that. It's just like basic. It's just unless you've got instructions. Yeah. If it's if if you're, if I'm trying to make a makeshift tent, God, God help. Oh, us I out. don't know how to do that. If yeah. there's a tent in a box, like I just put oh, the shit together, yeah. I can figure it out. Like the type the type of tent <laughs> you're that, so suburban. The type yeah. of tent yeah. that you yeah. buy. Tent box, the yes. type of tents that you buy at like the uh, Dick's Sporting Goods or something like that, but not like one that you make in the wilderness or like. 
if someone just gave me some tarp, I'm like, I don't know really what to do with this. Yeah, I think another, I think another important skill that we've just totally neglected in our, in our society is uh, public speaking. I think mm-hmm. every everyone should be able to communicate ideas to a group of people without feeling anxiety yeah. over the situation. I agree. Um, and you know it, there is there is that difference between posting stuff on social media and actually like speaking in public. The thing that I hear over and over and over again from basically everyone, just because of my experience in the ministry and other public speaking related roles, everyone who gets up there for the first time always has this anxiety of oh my god like i don't know what's going to happen and a little a little fear is good and all that but when uh when it, it, there are some people who the fear gets the better of them and they're unable to communicate i ideas. cannot recall a time where i was anxious in front of a group of people even in like school i was no, totally yeah, fine you were, you were always speaking to a classroom i i don't think i've ever had that fear no, but you were, I mean, I would classify you more in the popular kids category, <laughs> in the click category than anything else. And the popular kids, especially in the Glen Ellen area, all knew how to talk to groups of people. I don't, I disagree with pu- that statement. Okay, where would you classify yourself? Uh, I would say in the totem pole, uh, I'd say I shifted from, I made it, I, I shifted, I'd say from freshman to senior year. I would say, like, freshman, sophomore year, I was in the, I was in the middle of the totem pole, and then, like, junior year, senior year, it went up significantly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you're able to at least see that. Uh, That was me, that was me thinking, like, wait, no, Rick's might be a little bit right. (laughs) Well, trust me, when you're lower on the totem pole and you're looking up at people, you're very aware of where the placement <laughs> is. It's harder when you're at the top looking down at everyone yeah. to see where, where you are. It's lonely at the top. It's Not everyone can be <laughs> <do> there. <laughs> well, yeah, because, I mean, I didn't really know you freshman and sophomore year. But I'd so say, like, when, you, I, when, yeah. I, when I was hanging out more and being more social, I, was, I didn't think of myself as, like, a popular kid. Yeah, and I think that did differentiate you because I mean we we became friends. I, I was never friends with any of the popular kids who thought that they were popular kids. No one. Yeah. Like they were not my type. Yeah. But I mean the Cooper Johansons, the the Victor Marquezes, the Neo oh Batangs of the world. The ones who were popular without actually thinking that they were popular. Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, so for me, I was I was a clinger on man. Back in high school. Clinger on. Clinger. clinger on. Stage I, I five mean, clinger. Well, no, no. I mean, I was very happy with my independence, and I was very, like, I knew my boundaries. I, was, I wasn't going to socialize with these people yeah. like, outside of school. Yeah. But in school, I tried to find just a little niche for survival's sake. You know, Tyler Visco, Rusty Reichman, Alex Dean. Yeah. Did, um... Safe crew. Sa- the what? The safe crew? Safe crew, yeah. Safe crew, no... No risk, safe environment, nothing bad's going to happen. Disco could get a little brutal because he was pretty fun. I played soccer with him. He was hilarious. I, I he was a funny guy. guy. He, and he, he did have a good heart. He, he was one of those people who was willing to descend down the totem pole for the sake of being a good person. Now I'm trying to think of some high school stories. I don't, I don't want to spend time just sitting here thinking like, oh, there's so, so many. Well, I mean, I just like my, my biggest biggest memories i feel like came from track yeah like senior year probably with, that was uh, a lot Tony. of fun 
Uncle Tony. That we uh, we as the four hundred kids had our own little. Four, we ran the four hundred meter one one lap around the track, and we it was our, cool we that we had our like own twelve yeah, people. That was cool that we had our just own us. practices. And they we were the four hundred kids were the athletes of the crew. They, they were put like us the, in everything. They were we were the special kids. They the we elite. Were, the, we were they put us in the hundred, the two hundred, yeah. the four hundred, the three hundred hurdles. Well, there was that one race. Jump, there was like jump. a friendly exhibition that didn't count for anything. Which is why I use the word exhibition at Glenbard South, and they moved everyone around. Like they had some of the eight hundred meter runners and that. some of the one hundred or two hundred meter runners, like trying to do the four hundred, and then they had us do like I think one or two eight hundred and the one hundred two hundred, and we did better than them than they did at their own event. I remember, I remember the results being the four hundred people were basically dominating everything. Yeah. I thought I thought doing the 400. If anyone's ever going to do track in high school, I think the, the, 400. 400, the 400 is the best of both worlds. Yeah, you you work on speed and endurance, yeah. and really, I mean, you get you get everything. And then yeah. do do something like pole vault too. I wish I had learned how to do pole vault. Build a pole. I tried. I so, tried pole vault one so time junior fun. year. It looks so much but fun. It's like, I could never get the the pole to bend. That would be one of the most exhilarating sports that I wish well, I could go back. and Once learn. Bill started doing it, I think people were like, "Oh wait." We've got a pole vaulter. Because <laughs> yeah. I think before, like, no. we didn't really have anyone that was, like, good at it. Uh, no and I think really... he got to, like, is by no means is this, like, uh, phenomenal. But I think he maybe got to, like, 12 or 13 feet, maybe. Yeah. He got, he, he was, uh, at junior year, he was on the senior team. Because there was no, it was like, um, yeah. who else? It was not Paul Dignan. But there was Ames. None, Ames, maybe Ames and and Billy were the two pole vaulters. I think that, and uh, we didn't have any seniors who were pole vaulters. And then he also, I believe, during practices sometimes, like they had him help the girls do pole vaulting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the school, oh man, the school also bought him his own pole. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, dude, I mean, if you are the only one who, yeah. like, has has a me- at least a mediocre skill at it, like, yeah, you can be king of the mountain in so many different ways. Because you rule that sport then. I yeah. Mean. And as a junior, if you're on the senior team, for the sake of no one else is around, I mean, you are the leader for that, that crew. I remember, um, I don't know about you, but every time I would get in the blocks before a race, I would... I would get so nervous. My anxiety so was anxious. off the chart. Even thinking about it right now, like my adrenaline just yeah. spiked, and the the tingling. My hands are sweating right now. Like being down in the blocks when they say on your mark, and then you're just set, set, and then it's like, and then the three seconds, and then three second wait, waiting for this wait. And it it stretches out for eternity. Oh, I know. It takes forever for that gun to go off. Because, and then yeah. pow, and then I'm running. I'm like, the finally. Yeah. I'm telling you, though, that first, the first leg, the, the first, um. The first pull, turn. The first turn yeah. is brutal. I never liked the first turn. Really? Because you can't, you're, you're still in between that weird phase of, of like, um. Entering the energy of the race, leaving behind the anxiety, and then your brain is also like, okay, all right, the race has started now. Yes. I'm, I am running right now. Once you get over that initial thing. And then you're going down the stretch, and I'm like, don't run too fast. Don't fuck this up, because you're going to need some energy around the turn. That final boost, my yeah. favorite was the, uh My favorite was the turn, the third turn. Well, I guess this, whatever. 
And then the final stretch. Stretch. Yep. Final stretch. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. What I never got, though, was the some... A the lot of high turn. school... It would have been the fourth turn. Yeah, the, the, the final corner. The yeah. count coming out of the yeah, yeah. stretch. The kids who didn't use blocks. Who, I who never run, understood who, that. Who, who run, like, why wouldn't you want that extra explosion of speed out if you're going that... If, if you're running any speed, like, yeah. near what should be a 400, you're going to need that boost. For sure. To launch you out. Yeah, I and I never it. understood that they would just get down... Be in their regular position, just like like an eight hundred runner or something like that. It's like you're not running an eight hundred. Yeah, you, you're using every ounce of strength and energy yeah. in the next sixty seconds. Hopefully, you're right. I forgot about that. Most other schools didn't use blocks. Like I know when we would go visit other meets, most of their people like didn't have over blocks. Ha- over half of them wouldn't use blocks. That's so weird. <laughs> it is. But if they if they're not that fast, if they're running like a 73 <laughs> second four hundred, then it doesn't really matter if you have blocks or not. Yeah, I suppose if your four hundred is over one minute, it doesn't matter. Oh man, I struggled so much to get it under one minute, man. Really? I I did. I was I was consistently under a minute senior year. Like sure. fifty nine seconds? Fifty eight seconds? Yeah, fifty nine, fifty eight. I uh the very first time I did the four hundred was it was when we still had our indoor season, and it was when I, we were juniors. And running around the track, well, if you don't have a 200-meter, well, first of all, if you're running a 400, you need to have a 400-meter track, if you're, yeah. especially going around oh, those turns. Yeah. yeah. And indoor, I think the... Um, 160. It's 160, and there were only like one or two schools in our conference that had a 200-meter track. Yeah, a which, couple of them had 200. Which helped. But that... Uh, I hate indoor track. Suck. Indoor track was the worst. Yeah. Oh my goodness, so bad. Indoor track sucked. But because yeah. you didn't have a full track, yeah, and because it was weird being inside. Oh, and hurdles were just a bitch and a half to try and run indoors. Like you, you, you need an outdoor track for hurdles. Especially. It's just out of your element. I feel like the same thing with um, uh, arena, um, arena football, or like arena baseball. It's just I've weird. never seen arena baseball. Yeah, the the domes. Oh, you mean indoor baseball? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. So like regular baseball because I thought you were talking about like the sport arena football, which is a sport itself. Yeah. Like it's a it's a condensed. Yeah, field. yeah, yeah. It's different. Yeah, but you're, you're, t- you're talking about NFL, NFL stadiums indoors. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm talking about especially when you, back in the day before they had whatever it's called now when it was just. The astroturf, yeah. it was just a flat surface and not the yeah asphalt the fake grass. Because right, it's different if you're like in Indianapolis and the it, and the dome is closed, it still feels good because you have that you have the little rubber and the fake grass. So yeah. it's like it adds the element of being outside, and you don't really think about it as much as opposed to back in the day when it would just be pretty much concrete with a thin layer of carpet. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Big change. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and that was I hated playing at uh, schools for football that had the astroturf um, fields. Yeah, because they always injured you. I mean, you always had scrapes and bruises that you yeah. wouldn't have from playing on dirt. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, oh the exhilaration, my friend. But it, over time, it's less expensive to maintain. I think it's a good skill to know how to run properly. I see so many people run 
funk, funky ways. Like, really? They, they, their feet, like, are ducks, or their, yeah. their arms are, like, flopping all over the place, and, like, out of time with their stride. I think we talked about this before, but I'm going to have to vent. I freaking hate when I'm driving in the road and some dumbass is running in the street. There is a sidewalk oh, that you can goodness. run on. Yeah. There is a sidewalk. Preach it. The only it. reason you should be in the street is if there is zero sidewalk and zero space on the side of the road for you to be running. That is the only reason. Get your ass out of the street. I'm going to hit you with my car. Yeah. Yeah. I I cannot count. And as, some, as somebody who runs all the time, outdoors, on the streets, like not on the streets, on the sidewalks, there is no reason. The sidewalk, sidewalks exist for a reason, right? Yeah. Use them. You're a pedestrian. You're running. Use them. You don't need to use the street. I feel bad when coming down St. Charles Road, there's no sidewalk on either side. Yeah. So I'm forced to run in the street. Other, otherwise, I'm running in like – What side of the street gravel. do you run on? I always I always run on the side t- with the traffic coming towards me. Good. That's the way always. you're supposed to. You're, you're always supposed to do that. If you're on your feet. You're always supposed to be Always supposed to be facing oncoming traffic so that you know what's coming. Yeah. And so I found it's, – it's a pain in the ass, but – it is so convenient because I n- never have to look behind me or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Just look, look at coming. I just go off to the road for yeah. a little bit, you know, jog to the side and then go back on the road. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's it's common courtesy. But I see so many runners around here, and I'm sure it's the case everywhere, who will run on the side that traffic is going in in the same direction and run like three feet away from the curb without a shirt on and – totally oblivious to their surroundings you know we'll run through cross streets we'll it makes whatever. me want to have someone in my car in the passenger seat so that when i drive by them the passenger can open the door and we can <laughs> hit them with the door while we're driving by knock their oh, ass down man it's just it's it's so rude it's, Ex- it, it, is. it is so rude it's so uh, and i mean we're two people who exercise on a regular basis i feel like there's a common courtesy if you're going to exercise on a regular basis certain things you need to adhere to like yeah certain um norms and decorums i think that are important. Yes. like wipe down your equipment after yeah. you're done like don't leave it drenched in sweat yeah. that's gross and very rude <laughs> don't run in the middle of the street and block traffic that's very rude i hate when um i'm driving and it's like a fair it's a stretch of road and like somebody is pulled over to the side um and sometimes someone is talking to the person in the vehicle and the person talking to the person in the vehicle will be on the driver's side in the street. Yes, yes. And which, okay, that's fine, but you should be aware yeah. of your environment yeah. where if you see a car coming, I shouldn't have to slow down for you to move out of the way mm-hmm. or for you just to slow, like, get your ass out of the way because I'm driving by. Yes. So, and here's, I think that there are three types of people. There are people who think that they own the world or are just totally oblivious to everyone around them. Mm-hmm. There are people who are super defensive and, like, realize that everyone else owns the world and tries to be very reactive to that. And you, it, as a result, you get defensive drivers, you get yeah. people, like, you know, who end up causing just as many problems yes. as these yes. aggressive people. Then you have people in the middle who realize there's people on both sides and just go with the flow. Like, be a part of working and functioning society yeah. and, like, just do what everyone else is doing in the in the terms of, like, Social norms and cult, you know, like just basic um, respect things. Yeah, it's Dude, not that hard. Like what you're saying right now. I know some of this we've talked about before, but it's. It, it, I need to vent. Whenever I think about this, I, mean, I have to vent again. I just 
hate and it just drives me nuts when whether you're turning into a driveway or turn what any type of turn that you're making and you come to a near stop right before making that turn i turn into things pretty quickly you don't yeah. have to turn you don't have to make a 30 mile an hour turn but just go into the turn go into the turn yeah. you do not need to come to a near stop in order to make a turn you're fucking it up for everyone behind you <laughs> yeah especially on a crowded street or whatever you'll see something like that on um what roosevelt or something where there's yeah. no uh center lane or something like that there, there's a couple of roads where it really does block traffic and our honky neighbors are still at it across the street yeah oh my god i Every cannot wait the weather's day. getting better so we're definitely gonna hang out in the gazebo just so i can hear oh yeah i mean really and it's it's really sporadic throughout the day um normally it'll be two to three times a day um uh, once in the morning once and at it's night, just like, and then sometimes, and it's just, day. it's it's not like a, dun, dun, it's just like a laying on the horn or just how describe uh, it again? Yeah, it's it's like a meh, meh, meh. <laughs> and then and then seven seconds of silence. They'll do it again. Yeah. Meh, 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 it's just ob- it's it's obnoxious. And then it's they'll do it again. Like and they'll, a, they'll, they'll they'll do it three. Yeah. Three to seven times until their kids come out of the house and get in the car. I can't wait. They'll to, just lay on the fucking horn. I can't wait to walk over there and and yell. At You're them. not gonna yell yeah. at them. I can't believe though that no one because they'll do this at obscene hours too. They'll do this early in the morning. They'll do this late at night. I can't believe no one has talked to them about this. You know what would be really funny? I don't have this skill. I saw a video on YouTube where this guy pulls a prank on his friend. They're driving. Anytime he applied the brakes, the horn in the car would get activated. Yes, I saw that prank as well. So instead of even doing anything, <laughs> how great would it be if you if you we knew someone like in the middle of the night do some uh, do some um, covert operation to, com- to move the horn inward <laughs> to the car? No, just completely uh, <laughs> silence the horn so it's inactive, or to make it like a, a rubber ducky or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Yep. Hot door and the thing explodes. Like a cartoon explosion. Oh, man. Yeah, so many options. Yep, but no, and and I'm not a confrontational person. You're not a confrontational person. Sometimes. It depends on what it is. It depends, but I feel like you are a very polite young man. You do not... I don't know. Have you ever gotten into like a um, uh, argument with a stranger back and forth? That's gone back and forth. No, not with a stranger. Yeah, I'm talking about just random people like who you encounter who have bad behavior. No, the thing with me is that I've never. I, I actually okay. So I'm very confrontational <coughs> in my sometimes in my brain. I like I know exactly what I'd say to someone if like if they're being too slow or they're just in my way or whatever. Yeah. And the thing is is that I have such <clears throat> almost no tolerance for people wasting my time in certain areas that if I were to go off on them, I were to just really just drill it. I would just no mercy just go 0 to 100 and call out their stupidity. Um so sometimes I usually have to tell myself, like, just don't do that. It's not their fault. Yeah. And then I'll catch myself in a similar situation where I'll be like, oh, wait, I'm being that asshole right now. Oops. But you don't feel like – you don't feel 
uneasy about it. You, you, no, it, it, no, just ha- no. it just happens when it happens. Like, but you're able to catch yourself, and you're just like, I draw the line, especially when I'm driving, it. and I, I, especially when I'm driving, and I picture myself. What if I were to get out of this car, knock on their window, and start yelling at them? That's crossing the line. <laughs> Stay in the fucking car. Wow, yeah. I'm glad that you have that self-awareness. That's great. Uh, well, for me, uh, I used to be pretty inappropriate with my confrontations. I, really? I, I did not deal with confrontations. And we've talked about this a little bit. My, my approach uh, in, the, in the past, in my childhood, and even how through many, college. Like, so even in childhood, did you were you... Uh, uh, forcefully excused from the dinner table or from the room no i'm talking about <laughs> i'm talking about with um, other kids or something yeah just in like confronted i mean i it families have conflicts i mean that's yeah. like whatever like we all have our issues there but i'm talking about in public like with um acquaintances strangers um even friends whatever like yeah. when you when you or or superiors your bosses things like that like how like what happens when push comes to shove and you get in a confrontation my response used to be very passive aggressive. Oh my okay. goodness. And then because I would make it very evident that I was not happy about something and I'd be looking for an opportunity, it's like, well, what's going on with you? And that would be my cue to just be like, You're a horrible person really? and I'm not happy right now. Uh yeah, it was I like passive aggressive because it's so real slap in the face. Oh, it was so immature. And I look back at myself and it's like I I I'm saddened by the the fact that that's how I was. But when I would get in, when I would have that moment of, I, I told you about this. Uh, I wrote about it in the book uh, during the Iowa caucuses when I yelled yeah. at my supervisor yeah. after I'd gotten left behind. Oh man! For the campaign rally <laughs> the next day, like no one said anything about it. Like, and I was just literally giving everyone just the stink eye yeah. and the cold shoulder. And my boss came up to me and he's like, "What's going on?" I was like. You're an asshole, yeah. like basically in more words than that, and in front of everyone. And, yeah. he, and uh, my like uh, in the moment, my passion, my voice is qua- quivering and stuff like yeah. that because I can't really control my emotions at that point. It's sort of gotten out of control. Bring, brings me is like let's go, uh, let's go talk in the back. Yeah, it's like uh, under any normal circumstances, I would uh, I fire, would fire you. you, but. This is like, tell me what's going on, and I'm like, I was really hurt. Yeah, this was so I can't. And then imagine. I turn on the the waterworks of I'm so remorseful for what I. I just can't did. believe that you you commuted two and a half hours to get there, or it was there and back a round trip. And you and in those in that commute, you walked like two miles in the snow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was like a half an hour bus ride, and, and half an nobody's hour there. And then I get to the, the Oh, uh, the we just left early, so, uh, bye. <laughs> yeah, so instances where I feel like I've been supremely wronged in one way or another, yeah. like I used to respond in a way like that. That was the last time I think that I ever um, snapped back at a supervisor. I definitely had some uh, some anger when I was a kid, I had several outbursts. I would get so mad, and it would—I can't remember what it would be over. I think it would be over trivial stuff. But when you're a kid, everything is a huge deal. Yeah, yes. So I would, um, I would be in my room, and I would take my bedroom door, and I'd be slamming it against the against the wall, just closing it as hard as I could against the wall, and I broke—I it broke through the. Uh, 
drywall and I made a hole in the wall with the door. Oh, really? Another time, I was getting, I was so angry. I was, I think I was getting angry at like my homework or something. I'm sitting at the dining room table and I took my pen and I just jammed it into the table and, and moved. And uh, pulled it, and there was like this good six inch, just deep, Gouge. yeah, thing oh, in the wooden goodness. table. Oh, yeah, I, I, that was one thing that yes, I was a destructive. I little feel child, really shitty about but that. I, now. that yes, I, my biggest regret. Oh my goodness, something that really to this day hurts my heart. I hated, like, I always felt remorse after breaking or like hurting something, but I received a confirmation Bible. Mm-hmm. And I got really mad. Oh, no way. And I threw it as hard as I could on the ground, and the binding ripped off. Holy shit! And my confirmation Bible was destroyed. Oh, my And I was like, gosh. immediately oh. after I got I was like, oh, no. And, like, I just felt sadness, like, yeah. wash over me. Like, I didn't want to do that. Like, <laughs> I, want I wanted to, to convey my anger, but I didn't want to destroy. Th- oh, no. No. And so to this to this day, I still uh, I, I still have the Bible. Yeah. It's still in it's still in the leather case. It's still patched together like yeah. it's hanging by a thread. The uh-huh. binding is hanging on by a thread. I haven't really used it. It's it's a confirmation Bible, so it's a younger Bible. But every time I look at it, I think to myself, never again. I uh, <laughs> I can't recall any specific instances, but I do know there have been a handful of moments where. My emotions just swung from one one real far end of the pendulum onto a completely different side. You know, yeah. if you can imagine a three-dimensional pendulum of emotions swung from one to another <laughs> in a heartbeat where you just are, let's say, super angry and livid and you do something and then your heart just drops and you're just like... Oh shit! I did not mean for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where it just spirals out of control. Yeah, yeah. My mom says I get have crazy eyes. I get crazy eyes when yeah. that happens. I, I, and people close to me have said, yeah, something, something changes, and you become a monster. Yeah. Like you, you, I, I become somebody who you cannot reason with. I, I, be, I, I, I think that's my that's probably my biggest character flaw is I become like the Terminator. Yeah. And I just am out to destroy, like, I mean, no, yeah, there's a lot of anger and, and like, I'm going to win kind of thing. Fueled by rage. Like, if there is, if I have been slighted in some way or another, like, there are those moments uh, where I will just shift. Yeah. And I'll shift back or whatever. But in those moments, I just feel the need to obliterate. Yeah. Like, For I, sure. I get what you're saying. Okay. I've had that before, where you just need to eliminate everything in your path. You are going to win no matter what. Nothing will stand in your way. Yeah, determination. Yeah, I like it. But I, I think I think part of that goes back to my childhood. Of like, I don't know about you. I used to dream of being uh, a superhero, like yeah. imagination or whatever. Did I, you ever have imagination growing yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what if I if there's anything in specific all the time that. Like, I my brother and I would pretend. play swords outside in the backyard all the time with sticks yeah. and uh, gouge each other's eyes out. We would always hang out with the Dignan brothers, and but I can't remember, like, if we ever imagined stuff, like, all the time. I can't recall. Probably not. We always do playing outside, but it was... Oh, well, actually, in the winter sometimes we'd have, like, Star Wars guns. And we'd be, like, pretend we're on Hoth and really? battling each other. Yeah. Really? Because I felt like... The the more popular crew or whatever was like pff, imagination. Like I was like a kid. I know. 
but even then it's it's hard it's hard uh to do something that's kind of objectively like childish yeah and get everyone to participate in it and be equally enthusiastic about the venture i i don't know i think like when you're kids like everyone likes being a kid doing something outside i yeah but i don't think imagination is to the extent i never i never watched tv i was outside playing all day like i i and I credit that we my would love always uh, to day to that. In the summer, we would always we'd be like playing outside, and then we'd go inside and watch. Uh, we'd watch like Maury. <laughs> Are you serious? Or Jerry Springer, how, how and then old? we'd go back outside. Oh my god, Maury! <laughs> Anywhere so between funny. the ages of like nine and twelve. At nine years know, old, you were watching to, Maury. Nine to twelve. Holy yeah. cow! That is 13, funny. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Play outside, go inside, watch Mario or Jerry Springer, and then go back outside. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We used to also, uh, I don't know how old I was. I was maybe as old as 15 or something. I think we started this when I was like maybe 12 or 11. We had this game called Fireball. We would take a, uh, a softball and we'd cover it in caulk. And then light it on fire. Are you caulk is flammable? Oh so we'd take a softball, light it on fire, and then we'd be standing maybe like fifteen to twenty feet in front of this giant tree, and we would hit it as hard as we could with a golf club at the tree, and then the because of the force some of the cock would come off the ball and be spiraling in the air. Oh my God. And so when we play fireball, we'd hit as hard as we could at the tree. So you get to watch this ball of fire move, get hit towards a tree. And then there would be pieces of the cock on fire, you know, getting launched into the air. That actually sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of want to see what that looks like. Now. Yeah. Huh? We did a lot of weird shit. One time we like <laughs> we smashed, did. we smashed open a nine volt battery to like see what was inside or something. Really? Just like a bunch of, uh, I don't know, battery acid. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I the risks that we took back then. Yeah. Oh man. What else? Oh, we did. We we had a lot of shenanigans. It's so long ago now that I can't remember a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. But in the summertime, always outside all day long. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, we live in such a beautiful area. I yeah. think I think a lot of people really riding bikes of, all the time. Bike riding, dude. Yeah. I uh, that was that was a hobby that I have. Uh, just riding for fun, like, I'll, because I don't really drive anymore. Yeah. I, I ride my bike everywhere I need to go, but I don't really ride for leisure anymore. There right. were times where I would spend five or six hours just biking, three hours one way, three hours back um, down the Great Western Prairie mm-hmm. Path, keep going as far as I could into the farmland of Illinois. It was really cool. And you just keep going. Yeah, going but going. Uh, it's weird because I remember riding my bike as a kid, It's it was more... Not fun, but it was more, uh, like, there's a certain level of nostalgia remembering riding your bike as a kid as opposed to, like, if you're an adult riding your bike around. Like, it's not as, I would ride my bike around all for fun, but it's not as fun as I remember when I was a kid. No, and I, I mean, you know, something, just riding around for fun. I mean, you would ride it to 
get you also when you're a kid you'd ride with motives. you'd have your squad with you you'd be riding in a gang of like if you were popular like, i always rode no myself. it's because you don't have anyone that lives at your by your in your neighborhood did you have any kids in your neighborhood brad giovanni uh that crew that crew so how many people oh had to have been half eh, half a dozen who lived within half a mile okay so half a dozen within a half mile I had like thirty-five people within a quarter of within my like immediately in my neighborhood. Yes, not even so. Yes, and our house is kind of off to the side, so yeah, that's understandable. But no, I never. I and I would always walk to school too, even though the bus was would pick us up. Oh, really? Like literally stopped right in front of our house, but I never took it. I never took the bus except for uh, well, I never took except well, I took the bus only in middle school. Could you have taken it in high school? Uh, were you, yes, were you but I would have had to walk my ass on the opposite corner of my block. I have a bit, my block, our block is big. It is. It is. It's like a city block. Yeah. The, it's really long. It's like a rectangular block. It's weird. So the bus stop was over by the spring rec center. Um, so by the time I would walk there, I would already be halfway to Glenbard West. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I just got my mom drove me to school in the mornings, and my mom or dad in high school. I never understood those Glen Ellenites who lived just down the street but got parking passes when they really? became juniors or seniors. Oh yeah, that's weird. I never knew of anyone that had that. Really? It was it was pretty big in the honors AP. Like there were people here and there who had who would live like a five minute walk away and still drive. Who would school. live within walking distance and still would drive? Well, Nelly in the Rody. winter, Nelly Rody. In the winter, yes, in the winter it was bad. Correct. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I I'd, I'd walk in the winter though. Like, there's nothing wrong with walking in the winter. I for me it was just I couldn't wake up early. Like it was just not going to happen. Oh my god, dude! Those... Like every day of my life, waking up in high school was so agonizing. It was agonizing, and, and I'd only about... wake up forty minutes before class classes start. I'd wake up at like seven a.m. Like the latest I could get out of bed is seven fifteen. Like. I just, I just, it didn't work for me. Well, yeah. I mean, you have early start school time. You have uh, extracurriculars after school. So, I mean, you're you're doing like a 10 to 12 hour day every single, you know, five days a week. And then on the weekends, you've got events and other stuff. Like, you are, I, I didn't know what freedom was like until college, like the yeah. way through college. I didn't know that free time was a thing. Yeah. Because every morning, you just woke up in pain. At night, you went to bed absolutely, utterly exhausted, and then you wake up in pain the next morning to start the whole process over again. Yeah. That's just a cycle of pain. Yeah. Like, what, what time did you normally go to bed in high school? In high school? Yeah. Uh, around 10. Yeah. I'd go to bed at like 10, 10.30, be exhausted still when I wake up at like 7. Oh, well, I'd up, be up at like 6.30, yeah. Waking up at 6.30, 6.45 was just not even going to happen. Yeah. But I would, you'd get, I'd get like seven, eight hours of sleep, still be exhausted. And I remember talking to some people and, and, uh, it's usually the kids that just would get shitty grades, but be going to bed at like midnight or 1am. Like, how do you do this? What are you talking about? Oh, I know. I, I could never understand. Um, I was friends with some of them. I'm like, how the hell are you functioning right now yeah. on five and a half, six hours of sleep every night? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. For sure. It'd be really weird. But yeah, I... It was, you need it, that sleep, it, it hasn't been easy for me to be waking up until recently, like the last few years. It's like, okay, I can wake up early yeah. and feel well-rested. Yeah. 
I think I, I think I can be down to about six, six and a half hours. Oh, sleep dude, sleep. I sometimes I'm totally good after five hours. Really? Yeah. I have five hours is cutting way too a close. A few times. It's interesting. A few times I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, oh, man, I feel ready to start the day. And it's like 1.30 in the morning and I will have slept for four hours. And I'm like, you know what? This almost feels like I uh, should be like sleeping for four hours, wake up, do stuff, several hours later, go to bed for another four. Like have a weird yeah. sleep Well, you're like hitting that. that REM cycle. You're, yeah. It's like, okay, well, you went through your deep sleep. You went through your, you know, light sleep. Now you're awake for a moment. That would be really cool to experience a season where there's 24 hours of daylight. That would be so uh, disorienting. Yeah. I mean... I would be so disoriented. Or or what would help is if, if there was, you know, 20 hours of daylight. Think about I don't all know. the stuff that you could get done. You know what would be really great is just whenever it's convenient for you, there's sun. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up at 2 in the morning. All right, Ready player sun one. up. The Oasis. Yeah. yeah. Head or, to the Oasis. Uh, like in uh, the Truman Show. You've seen the Truman yeah, Show? Yeah, I've seen the Truman Show. You know? Yep. Like where they're looking for him at night and they just all of a sudden call the, <laughs> call the sun up and yep. it's just daylight. Yep. That would be crazy. That was a good show. Yeah. Have you uh, have you continued to use the sleep cycle at all? Or did no, you discontinue that? No. I actually, for the last couple of weeks, I have not been using it because I find it now to be um, just, it's, I don't. Unnecessary? I, yeah. Were you able to like condition yourself to like wake like wake up easier, or has nothing really changed since you, before you got it? No, it's just that um, it's annoying because you have to have it plugged in, right? And yeah. where my bed is, yeah, I can't have that. it. I can't have it on like my a nightstand. The plug is right underneath my bed, that's along the wall. So I have to like do this thing where I prop up. A pillow in between my bed and the wall and place my phone on top of yep. the pillow facing down. It's just a hassle. Yes. So I don't use it. Yeah. And that that has been my main deterrent of using that. I still use the Fitbit, which is just all – every every day I like looking at how good my sleep was mm-hmm. the night before. And it's, pr- it's so damn accurate. Yeah. It's like, you know what? I woke up in the middle of a deep sleep. Like, no wonder I feel like shit. Like, yeah. it, it, it really explains my um, – physical yeah. well-being for for starting the day i love it well lately too when i had to wake up early i have my alarm set and i've usually been able to wake up you know five, yeah, anywhere yeah. anywhere from five to ten minutes before my alarm so yeah. then i if i know i have to get up i'll just get up but i have yeah. the alarm as a backup i still struggle to to get to sleep at a reasonable time really i really do yeah maybe you should run more I have been. I, I upped it to uh, three times a week now. So. That's good. Yeah, I've done four times in the past week, which is great. You should try doing, uh, you should do like, change it up. So like on a, let's say, just say for example, on a Monday, do sprints, conditioning. On a Wednesday, do like a six mile run. On a Friday, do two or three miles. Yeah, I because mean then, it's not really necessary right now for me because I have I have my dog, so I do sprints and stuff with him. Like I'm always chasing after him all over the place. So that's completely I, I different get, than conditioning, though. Yeah, but what do I need to condition for sprints for? I I run at at a pretty damn high pace for um, 
three and a half miles for a five k basically. Five k time, three point uh, two miles. So what's your five yeah, k time? It's twenty six, twenty seven minutes. Not bad. No, not bad at all. You can always do better, though. Of course, and which is why I push myself every yeah. time I go out, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but it's one of those things where I've gotten into a routine, and it helps relieve stress for me. It's uh, it makes me feel good afterwards, and I don't really want to. But do you feel else. like you've plateaued? No, no. Okay. I believe I believe that that's the only reason I was saying you should change it up. So no, you no, keep no. And plateaued. that I think that's a really important point too. Is that there have been points where, um, gosh, it had to have been like two years ago when my life was just falling apart and all like the only thing that was keeping me sane was running. And I had gotten up to a point where I was running about ten to twelve miles. In one sitting. What? Six miles uh, down the Great Western. Six miles one way. Six how many, miles how much time would this take you? Hours. Two, two Hours? Minutes. Yeah. Like an hour and a half. Oh. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. But it, it kept getting better each time. I'm like, by the end, it was like I was able to do like 11 miles, and I was like, good, like... I'm tired afterwards, but I feel good. That's good. I never I've and and never that was kind of a plateau for me, kind of. Got it. Because, uh, but right now, like I'm still. There's always work to catch up on when it yeah. comes to phys- especially at this age, thirty years old now. Like you're not. It's it's going to be hard to hit that plateau. You're always going to be trying to build back up to the plateau. Yeah. Any time you take yeah. off is like yeah. twice as long. Yeah. Of I the agree. amount of time you spend working to get there. Yeah. So I had, I had a period of uh, when we had that cold spell and snow and stuff uh, and bad weather for like a week and a half I didn't run. And it was pretty obvious getting back in that I had some work to do. But it took three times to get back to where it was. So it's just a matter of like like you've said in the past, getting in there, getting intense, like yeah. getting it done and moving on. Yeah. Like don't sure. don't dilly-dally. Don't, don't, don't dilly-dally. Don't waste time. So many people waste time. But yeah, I agree. We'll have to hit up uh, Glumbard West track or go around Lake Ellen like old times now that the weather's getting better. Yeah, we Throw should. Throw some we rocks should, we in our... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe I did that. Oh, my God. so crazy. Trying to be a tough so ass. hot outside that day. <laughs> just, you collapsed. Boom. Yeah. That was I wasn't, what? I wasn't, I wasn't going any further. Like I don't know what lap that was, but oh, it, only it, time would tell. It was like one lap. 